Hello? Jens? What's yeah, up, Adam? What's up? How goes it in Paradise Island? Because we just got finished with some thunderstorms and it didn't stop me from coming out here and put in a towel on a seat so I can I can do it out I can do this outside. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so, everything's so brave. Yeah, everything's pretty wet except for my ass. What's <laughs> 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 going on, man? Not much, not much. Just, you know, gearing up for this episode. Of the Addict and Counselor podcast, episode number 16, I do believe. Oh, if wow. I count, I'm no mathematician over here. You can you can ask all my professors and my <laughs> friends. Um, but I counted 16. This is episode 16. And I'm excited about it. I am. I, I do. I want to start off, though. By saying that, listeners know, because I know you probably they probably care so much that, and you, they might find this. Oh, actually, they probably won't find this hard to believe, given how great we're doing. I'm watching. I'm listening to my very first podcast, other than ours. <laughs> so you're 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 cheating on us. <laughs> You could call it that. <laughs> Besides what, like, I don't know if we're doing, you know, I don't, I don't know how, how well we're doing really, you know, I don't know what, you know, we, we went into this, like, I don't have any, like, I don't have experience with listening to podcasts. So mm-hmm, I don't same. know. I kind of followed your no, actually, I, I've listened to podcasts before. Yeah. So I never have. So my, cu- my cousin turned me on to something that she thought would be some, like a good start. Start off for me. Start up, I guess. For Shout podcast. out your cousin. My my cousin Anna. This is the second time that I've. Oh, I've, Anna, she talked me through. She talked me through my my social media stuff a few nights back, like a week ago. You know, to get off social media or at like one a.m. She talked me through it, and she just recommended my very first podcast called Normal Normal Gossip. In this podcast, so the, the premise for this podcast is that if 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 you have like something, if you have a story that's like a juicy story, something that you might consider like gossipy or like family secret type of stuff, you go to this, you go to Normal Gossip's website, you put in, you type in, you know what what your story is. They contact you, and you tell you share a story with with the host Kelsey, just on on the phone or whatever. She'll ask you a million questions, then they screen it in or screen it out, and then they they record. Kelsey shares the story like friend of a friend. Just mm. that, you didn't hear this from me, but mm. this is what's happening type of type of story, mm. and so. Very, it's very interesting. Some juicy stuff. People have some. I mean, sure, we all have some stuff, but yeah, skeletons very, in the closet, as they say. It's a yeah. It's a very well. I guess I don't have anything to compare it to except for ours. So, <laughs> so, so basement carrying, level. 
podcast. So, Barbaros, when I compare normal gossip podcasts to the Addict and Counselor podcasts, they're, they're light years ahead of us in some of the stuff they're doing. We're, we're like, getting there, though, right? <laughs> like, tra- like transitions, like climax of a story. They have like a drum roll. Hmm. Um, they might, Kelsey, the, the host, might be describing someone in the shower and you hear the sound of showering, shower. Really, really get the, 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 the <laughs> visuals in. Right. So lots of lots of audio editing. Is that what you're saying? Lots of editing. Yes, they they have they have audio editing. Yes, they definitely <laughs> do, they definitely do a ton of that. And the other piece that I don't think we'll be able to do this for a while, if ever, is they go they they go out and do live shows in <laughs> in cities. In big cities, they go out and do live shows, like at the Boston Garden and stuff. So, <laughs> oh, we we can do live shows. It might not be a show for the people <laughs> who are watching us talk about stuff. It'd be a show for us. Yeah, right, right. Like it always is, anyways, right? Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, I just want to. I'll put in a plug for Normal Gossip. You can listen it on Spotify, Amazon, Apple. Wherever else you listen to your podcast, normal. So my my recommendation to our audience is first listen to our podcast. That should be your number one podcast of the day. Once you're done with our episode, feel free to venture off in this normal gossip that Adam over here is promoting for free, by the way. Yes, and I would say that if you're really interested in listening to it, I could you could email us at the addict and counselor at Gmail and I could give you like the top like my my top five faves of it. So mm. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, you know, we'd love to hear from our audience and so please reach out. Um uh, we, we we love, we crave getting feedback, uh tips, suggestions on how to improve. As Adam mentioned, you know, this was, you know, a thing that, you know, we've talked about, you know, about eight months ago. And, you know, we just went head first, you know, live, um, I think like after the new year. So, uh, you know, uh, the addict and the counselor at gmail.com, the addict and the counselor at gmail.com. Uh, always email us uh, with all types of stuff. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, you know, we want to help in any way possible. Uh, and we're looking to improve. You know, we know that we're not experts, um, um, but we want to you know, be of service and, and, and be of use, some shape or, or, or form. And you can listen to us on all podcast platforms. Uh, you know, we're on Spotify for sure. Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music Podcasts. So uh, somebody out there has at least one of these things. And, you know, give us a listen. You know, as Adam mentioned, we're 16 episodes in. This is episode number 16. And so uh, hopefully you get a different flavor, different feel, uh, different ebbs and flows of kind of our lives intersecting um, in and around addiction, recovery and uh, treatment and some uh, other stuff. So uh, do you want to set the stage for this episode? No, you're better at setting the stage and then I like to correct you with stuff. Oh, you're not, you can't correct me with this one. 
<laughs> sure, I can. How you tell the story? I can. I can. Say, oh, that's wrong. Oh, you're exaggerating, or whatever it may be. You know, lies. This man is a fool of lies. And the more that you fuck it up, the more I'll be taking over the story, anyways, right? <laughs> well, so this episode affectionately will be called the Ode to Chris Heron. All right. <laughs> Let so, me take over now. <laughs> so Adam and I, for probably as long as we've known each other and beyond, have had this amazing bromance. Bro- yes, I love the word. I was going to use crush. Let's that might be bro- the name of this episode is bromance, even though like we could throw that in there somehow. Yeah. 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 Um, about no, when, you, when you describe the episode, you can put in bromance or something. Right. Like yeah, absolutely. Uh, in the narrative. So we've come along, historian, I think for people, especially in the Massachusetts area, who kind of, you know, follow the Celtics, follow basketball or into sports, you most likely have heard this name in some shape or form. And we want to kind of just go into like our experiences of Chris in different kind of forms. And I don't know, for, for me, even you know, on a therapeutic side of it, like he is a role model at, you know, as a public speaker, for sure. I mean, the way he is a storyteller is fantastic and the delivery, the delivery is is on point it's impeccable right he's very good with thoughtless, with engaging, thoughtless. With engaging and connecting with with others with his story yeah. i i like to start addicts though, and non-addicts how about that I, people in recovery not in recovery for sure like he's that I, good that's 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 a trick i i i'm waiting for you to cut me off i <laughs> i would like to start off in the 90s Right. So, <clears throat> I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm in seventh grade. It's, um, you know, 1992. You're in, you're a little older than me. You may have still been in seventh grade though. Eighth grade. <laughs> okay. And uh-huh. hoops is in Massachusetts at that time. And people may argue it, you know, for different eras. But I feel that during that period of 92-ish to 97, there was a lot of amazing, incredible basketball players in Massachusetts at that time. Like homegrown high school ballers. Right. Right. And I'm from, I'm from Everett. Roll Crimson Tide. We had some, Everett had some really, really great teams. One year they, they went to the Garden. And, but, and you're from Methuen, right? Where the hoops weren't really nearly as as good as in Everett, but. We, we, had, we had a good team my senior year. I mean, okay. I was not on the team, but the team was really good. Okay. All right. We made it to the Garden. How about that? Did we make it to the Garden? I think All we right. did. Okay, so I'm in seventh grade, and there's this name that keeps like I'm into basketball. Hoop is hoop is part of life. Okay, <laughs> ball is life, and I keep hearing this name. You got to see this kid, Chris Heron from Fall River. He plays for Durfee High School. You have to see him play. You have to. You have to. You know, 
you have to go Sam. And I keep hearing him putting up these numbers that are just unimaginable, you know, high school level, right? And in Everett, we had we had a, a player by the name of Pat Bradley, who was amazing, incredible basketball player, who actually ended up getting recruited by Nolan Richardson and going to play at Arkansas. Uh, D1, yeah. Yeah, yeah good three-point shooter, yeah, Bradley. He led the SEC in three-pointers up until probably about five years ago, I believe. <clears throat> so he was that good. Never mind leading his team in threes. And in points, he actually led. Now, there was always question. He only – I know this isn't about Pat, but – Yeah, why don't we just move off of Pat and go back to Chris? All right. But you, there, was always this thing. there was always this thing about, you know, like in my mind, I'm thinking – no one's better than, than Pat, right? Because that's he's my ever guy, right? But this kid, there was one other that was better than him, <laughs> for sure, or seemed to be anyways, and his name was Chris Heron. Now, Chris had a brother, Mike, older brother, right? Mm-hmm. Who played for Durfee, who was the, who led the, you know, led his high school in, um, in points, at, you know, once he graduated, Chris went in to Durfee and his brother was the leading point scorer at Durfee. So he had some shoes to fill. I'm sure he felt like, you know, felt that way to some extent. Yeah. So he goes into Durfee. I think his brother's a senior. He's a freshman. It's 19. Um, 1990. Chris is a freshman, I believe brother's about to graduate he's a senior and he's he's like you know he's he's making a difference right away from how i understand it on the team right so the the other like the other thing too is i remember and i'm jumping around i'm jumping around a little bit but i remember i remember opening the Boston Globe, and look, I would all every year like the you know, you're familiar with the McDonald's All American game, of course. Right? Yeah. yeah. Big high school ballers, the top ballers. Now there, there was a list in the paper. I was, I remember, I was, on, I was in McDonald's Broadway in Malden, Mass. <laughs> and I, I'm looking in the paper at all the, you know, who's on the McDonald's All-American team. Now they have a list of like 50 players, those that were nominated to McDonald's All-American. And then they have a separate list of who's actually going to play in the game, which is like 15 players, right? So those are your your Let me me just cut you off because, one, the story is very, very long since we're starting at Chris's freshman basketball year. I think we're more convinced. I think Chris deserves this. Chris deserves it. He, it. No, he does not. He has a documentary on ESPN. He Titled does. Unguarded. Titled Unguarded. Yeah. So I, can we just move forward? Because I think you and I are more enamored by, obviously, the fallout of the whole basketball experience and how we got into kind of contact with him and, and why <laughs> do we still kind of keep Chris... So I, I remember opening the paper and seeing my Everett guy 
as nominated for on the McDonald's All-American team. But and then there was another guy that was actually going to be playing in the game. And what was his name? Chris Aaron. Right. Why don't you stop the story? I mean, we're running a little behind, I think, now. Well, I wonder why. <laughs> it's I'm like just, all the map. I'm like all nervous about this, you know? So, yeah, no, all... I mean, I, you know, I, I think the premise is the fact that for you, especially, I think for me, you know, more, you know, north of Boston is that I remember like, you know, rumblings of it. But obviously, you know, for us, like we were just so just dedicated to like local sports. And so like, you know, the things that are happening like around our school or around you know, the Merrimack Valley Conference or whatever. But, you know, long story short, uh, Chris was an amazing basketball player. Um, he's, I, I think, you know, in, in those late teens, uh, high school years, I mean, he's 6'1 point guard and had amazing, amazing handle, uh, can right. drive, can shoot, and so spectacular for and he, and he was rebounding too. He led his team junior and senior year. Points, rebounds, assists, and any other fucking category. He led it all. Yeah. all right. So spectacular, obviously. And so, you know, w- when you're an amazing athlete like that, not only is it local, but obviously, you know, nationally. And so he got recruited um, to, uh, you know, Division One basketball, which, you know, for any kid growing up, that's the dream, right? You, you grow up, like, wanting to play D1 sports, you know, whatever sport that you loved, you know, I want to play D1 football. Like, did that ever happen? No. Um, but, like, you know, for people like Chris, who, whose, you know, abilities can take you to that level, you know, he obviously went there. So um, I think this is, if you, one, we highly recommend you watch any documentary in, involving Chris Heron. Um, it's spectacular. He's very original. Um, there is, and that, that's the beauty of his storytelling. He does not embellish a single ounce of his story. It's just his experience of his story, and it's so impactful on many different levels that you can't help be shook by his story. And so the way that he tells it is, um, I think, freshman year what at Boston College, um, he walks into his dorm room, and his roommate's there with uh, two women, and um, they were using cocaine and he had never used it, never even saw it, I think, prior to that. And, you know, got enticed by, you know, his roommate and the two women. And it was just like, all right, you know, it's here. You know, why don't we, you know, you know, give an attempt. And, you know, that's where his, you know, substance use experience, you know, really, really, you know, uh, you know, takes off. Um, what so he he i think is not doing well at boston college i think because of substance use uh and injuries i think uh and then he gets um he gets an offer from fresno state right yeah tarkanian coach tarkanian the tar yeah Yeah. so you know he goes out west and and again i I think this kind of like parallels a lot of things that even you're experiencing right it's just like you know for people who have a substance use issue in massachusetts you know, some of the, some of the expectation is, well, we'll just get out of your environment, right? And then d- the drugs will stop also. But as a therapist, you know, one of the things I say about people like, you know, relocating just because of, you know, they're using friends is that you always take you with you. So in Chris's story is that the way he tells it is that, you know, 
he took himself to Fresno. So no guidance, you know, no support, truly on his own, away from Massachusetts, uh, you know, for the first time. And so, you know, things didn't stop there. You know, things, you know, progressed. Um, and, and there was, I think, bouts of, you know, failing drug screens and going to get help. And then, you know, playing still, and this is a crazy thing, playing exceptionally well. Like, well enough to be recognized, you know, it, you know, for the NBA draft, you know, towards his, you know, senior year. <clears throat> uh, yeah. So I believe, um, so again, still struggling, still not, you know, dealing with it, probably still kind of using and managing to some degree. Uh, and, and, you know, the way that he puts it, lo and behold, he gets drafted, I, I believe, to the Denver Nuggets, the team that drafted him. Right. Um, I think does fairly well his first year. And I think second year they're starting to have some issues like injury related and then, you know, the drug use, especially the painkillers start to really progress around that time. Um, and then there's an opportunity for him to actually come to the Boston Celtics. So he gets traded from Denver. Now think of, again, all of us, especially if you're in Massachusetts or around that, imagine being that kid in the state, leaving the state, being able to go pro in the very same sport you've played your entire life. And then being able to play that sport in your home state, in your home state for your favorite basketball team. He's got to be stoked, but, but he has a drug habit going on, right. (laughs) From what I understand at this point in that, he, he goes to the presser of them announcing, you know, the Celtics announcing that they have, they have him as a player. And the way Chris describes it is he does not want to be there because he's, I, I think he's jammed in, in the, in, during the presser or in withdrawal. Yeah, one of the in some states, you know, substance related, either under the influence or severely like withdrawing. So, right. um, so, I don't think we want to steal like Chris's thunder of him telling his own story. Again, we really encourage people to like listen to his story. Uh, but, you know, but so, but I just want want to talk about my favorite part, like the the part where it's his first game back, and he's it's during warm ups, and he he's wait he need he's in withdrawal. He's not going to be able to like do what he needs to do on the court unless he gets what he needs, right? And uh, now the the um the pregame clock is going down and he's watching he's waiting for his dealer dealer's calling him I don't know if I'm gonna be there blah blah, blah. two minutes left or something or less until game time dealer lets him know he's outside on Causeway Street dude runs out in his freaking Celtics warm ups full, on full Cos- Celtics gear onto onto yeah out onto Causeway cops is what he needs. I think it was oxycodone at the time yeah. not, don't quote me on it comes back in and has an amazing game where so much so where the next morning he's on the front page of the boston globe yeah i mean i, I want to pause here for a second and, and for the f- folks you know for for our audience or some of our audience who you know maybe has not you know been cl- you know closely affected by addiction or know anyone I think this, you know, his story, right, and our experience of his story is, is, is miraculous, right? Here's everything that 
most of us want, right? Fame, glory, athleticism, you know, massive contracts, whatever. But because of the pervasiveness and the intensity of the addiction, none of that is a deterrent. The deterrent is, you know, use to get by, right? Use to fake it, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever, you know, for another hour, for another day. And even in his scenario, and I think, you know, anyone who, you know, has like a favorite singer or band or whatever the case may be, right? We hear these kind of stories over and over again. Like, how don't they stop? They have millions of dollars and blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff. I think, right. I think that's the miracle, you know, the miracle of Chris's story is that he had all of that. He had the fame, local kid, Boston Celtic, um, you know, hometown, like all this kind of stuff. And the addiction is so intense that nothing can break it. Nothing can just be like, shoot, I need to stop this thing. Let me go get help. Let me, you know, ask for help. Let me, whatever the case is, it's just another springboard to another layer of like intense drug using. Right. Yep. So, again, I mean, I, you know, we don't know what our you know audience is thinking, but, you know, if you're not a kind of a sports fan, uh, but you're, you know, you're, you're, you know, we want to just kind of share the fact that, this, this kind of goes on for a little bit. He gets injured. Um, again, you know, the way the sports are, you kind of kind of fall through the cracks. He ends up going to Europe, um, many different countries, and, and playing basketball there. Um, addiction is still rampant in foreign countries where he doesn't know the language, the culture, just a way of life, but still is able to miraculously, once again, you know, um, you know get his drugs, um, and, and, and keep it kind of quote unquote like functioning, which I don't really like using that word clinically when someone is, you know, using and, and behaving, they're only a, a shell of the person, you know, deep down or right below the surface, they're empty. They're, they're, they're not all together. You know, other people and including themselves are affected by it. But um, again, he, the way that he tells the story is a lot better than Adam and I will ever do justice for it, but just kind of paint the picture of like all these things kind of happening in his life an addiction kind of fueling a lot of decision-making and a lot of kind of issues. Um, he comes back, um, I think has like, you know, one or two children at that point. Um, his wife at the time, um, you know, I think, I think was the first person, you know, um, that kind of really put the barrier like, Hey, look, you know, this is going out of control uh, and you got to go get help. And, and, and really sets the kind of the, the, tr- the true treatment exposure for him right um and i think you know i think you you and i have touched on this maybe in previous episodes but as a clinician and working with people who have substance use issues some of this kind of rhetoric that's out there um said and unsaid socially or you know or behind closed doors is that when it comes to substance use that um it has to be you know your own will right? You can't do it for your wife, your kids, your mother, your father, for a job, whatever the case is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That narrative has de- definitely changed, you know, changed. You know, motivation is motivation. Right. So Whatever helps you yeah, kind of like, get through the doors of getting right. treatment, let that be the motivation. You can build around that med- motivation, right. you know, over time and really find that kind of personal drive about, you know, getting healthier and, and right. you know, being happier. So, yeah. So I used to I used to do this group where it was external motivation versus internal. And we talk about 
all the things that brought the person that helped the person get into treatment. And you'd have like the list, you know, legal issues, homelessness, you'd have, you know, family conflict or relationships, you know, all legal, that stuff. legal issues. Yeah. yeah. All that stuff. And then one by one, what happens when you stay clean, right? That stuff just all resolves itself. The legal eventually goes away. The sure. family stuff gets a little bit better. People come back. Like you know, all the, the stuff that, that brought the person in initially is all gets resolved in like a year or so. And then what do you have? All, all we have is ourself at that point, right? Because everything's mm -hmm. resolved. So the external motivation needs to at some point shift to internal motivation where I want to do it for myself. And if that, if that doesn't happen, like the person, you know, is at high risk for relapse, I'd say, if they can't shift that motivation at some point, but yes, whatever brings a person in, like whatever brings a person in, that's, you know, that's what brings them in. I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it happens. Yeah. yeah so um, I, I, I think I, I, I want to, Fast forward a little bit because Chris right now ha wears multiple hats. I encourage everyone who's listening to this episode uh, to follow his uh, his Instagram. So there's Her uh, Heron Wellness, there's Heron Talks where he does public speaking. Um, and there's another one, Heron Talks, Heron Wellness. There's a third one. So he has like three well, Project, entities. Project Purple, is that something with him? Pro but Project Purple falls under one of his entities. There's, okay. there's th three of them. Like w one is like a wellness initiative where it's just kind of like, I think like promotion and just t you know, talking about like recovery. Heron talks about his, his public speaking persona. And then there's the, like the Heron treatment. Cause he, he, he runs now or owns treatment programs. Um, so he has for many different reasons, a lot of skin in the game uh, for his own recovery, but also, really turning people on to uh, a sober lifestyle or a, a recovery lifestyle. So um, I know for me, I follow all three of his like Instagram kind of pages and I love seeing like some of his quotes and all these you know great things he's doing and not only just locally for like New England people, but uh, you know, uh, you know, nationally. So I want to go into. Let's set the stage for our, our interaction with Chris. Yeah. And I think this, this is the hilarious part. <laughs> so like we obviously knew the you know the unguarded you know the 30 for 30 on espn i would play i think i told you that i would play that unguarded <laughs> a million times for groups like if i like i i would play that over and over and i would play it so even i would play at i remember i after being at the program that i was i worked at with you i went to, at the other program that I went to work at, I continued to show unguarded <laughs> over and over again, and I could, I could recite every line verbatim. I would go visit my brother, one of my brothers, and I would, I would say like the lines randomly because he knew he knew it, he watched it, right? But I would just say, I would just say the whole thing. It was ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. So what ends up happening is that the program that Adam worked at in Denver's and, you know, you know, being the manager of, uh, because it was like a, a young, uh, you know, substance use program, right. And really deter, um, you know, younger individuals from like having really intense drug addiction, like histories or even uses themselves. 
And so a, a lot of people were involved with his program, like more than mine. There was like there, there was like prosecutors offices and court systems and like this big system to really, you know, deter young people from, you know, you know, being, you know, 40 years old, 50 years old and still kind of going in and out of like detox and stuff. So Adam's program was a, a key component to all these kinds of things. Um, and I, I knew some of the people because of Adam uh, in that treatment program on the legal side of things. And lo and behold, they have, was it the, the first one? The first heat conference or the second one? I believe it was the second heat conference. I believe. I think so. Yeah. So what year are we talking? So there is a, there is some type of discrepancy with Chris's, with Chris's clean time. And so I believe, you know, we're talking Oh six or Oh seven, I believe. And when I looked, when I looked up, that he got clean in 2013 i believe maybe he experienced like a relapse in between some period you know where no because stuff. i'm not i'm not 100 sure i don't know i don't no, know was, no, it, 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 that thing was, it was definitely later than that because it had to be like maybe yeah. 2007 yeah. 2008 because i moved from Mass to Jersey yep. in 2013. Right. And I but was what, only at that program for like two and a half years. But what I'm saying, Bob Rose, maybe you're not hearing me correctly, or I'm not being clear enough, yeah. is when I Wikipedia'd Chris, oh, Wikipedia. it, said that, it said that he got clean in 2013. Yeah. So, okay. So, the, the, yes. There might be a discrepancy. We're not debating, you know, debating any of that kind of stuff. But no. I mean, he, like, to, he can set the record straight if he wants to come on here. It'd be great to, you know, figure that out. Chris, if you're listening, you would blow <laughs> our fucking heads if you were a guest on this shitty, shitty podcast. Shittiest podcast ever. <laughs> if you if you came and and spent more than one minute, not nah, thirty seconds. 30 seconds Solid on 30 seconds. All he would have to say is, hello, guys, and maybe say our Hang names on. really. <laughs> and then we'd be we'd be in glory, yeah. right? Yeah, we, we, might actually, we might actually, we, we would probably stop doing the podcast because we would want to end on that type of high note. That's a high note, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yes. That, 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 for us, too, <laughs> me and you, that is, that is a typical, uh, uh, not, uh, the, the tip of the iceberg of success for this podcast right. if Chris right. Heron showed up here. And we're like, you and I like channel Chris through our talk <laughs> and the way that we present and the way that we, you know, carry ourselves because he just does it so exceptionally well. Anyways, we go to this heat conference. My first time, your first time or second time? I went the year before, but I don't believe I was, I was manager of it the yeah. first year. Yeah. Okay. okay. So we go. Did we know Chris was the guest speaker? We knew. I knew Chris was the guest speaker. I know. So I. I mean, this is you know, this is going way back. So I, I don't remember if I knew he was a guest speaker. I just wanted to you know be a part of this thing because obviously you know I'm friends with you and we worked you know in the same treatment you know facility and all that kind of stuff. So we go there. Lo and behold, he's the guest speaker. He comes on. I mean. First of all, styling, right? He's looking good. 
He's looking good. He's looking yeah. sharp. Sharp. Nice suit. Good color. I mean, still, a, I mean, tall, right? I mean, you know, 6'1", yep. 6'2", or whatever. Skin uh, complexion. Skin complexion. Very good. That dude takes care of his skin. Can I say that? <laughs> we, we, we might have to ask him <laughs> his skin routine. <laughs> I think that will take more than 30 seconds. But go ahead. <laughs> But the way that I remember the the story ends, I was off to the right side of the podium. So I mean, if if you can imagine like a large conference style, like hotel, like conference room, like multiple sections of seating. I think you and I were onto the the right side, fairly kind of close to the front. I actually took out my iPhone uh, back in the day and and did some recording um, of of his speech. but what I remember is just how captivating he was. And there, it was so quiet. You could honestly hear a pin drop. No one was fidgeting. No one was doing anything else but paying attention to his story. And it was a packed house. And you- he didn't even talk for that long. It might have been like a 30-minute talk. Yep. Maybe it was 60. How many people do you think were in there? Oh, God. 500? Who? 500? Uh, yeah, I would say 500 max. I would say 400 probably easy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, whatever. Um, just amazing. And the, and the way he told the story, how fluid it was and how it all connected. And he, and he says it in a way that you can visualize everything that he's putting into motion and all things. And he's very sincere. He's very transparent about you know, his, his addiction, you know, um, and all things that kind of comes along with it all. Uh, and then he obviously he, he wraps it up so well in, in a story of hope um, and, his, you know, his success, even at that time, you know, whatever it might be. I mean, that's irrelevant, honestly. Um, and how he kind of, you know, came through, uh, you know, the treatment doors and, you know, succeeded kind of that way. And is on this kind of platform now talking about it and impacting kind of other people. There's a part of the conference that something happened with you that I held a grudge for many, many years. And I'll let you take over this part of the story. So they're giving away uh, a basketball signed by, by Chris. Now, I, I want this basketball, and I can't quite remember. Like, I, I, like unfortunately, my memory is kind of is shot a little bit with it. So you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there was something that they were raffling too, but I don't think the basketball was the raffle. I, if it was, I believe that the person in charge of the conference set it up for me to win the basketball is what I believe. No, no, my- no I don't think, I don't, I don't, think, I don't, I don't remember the raffle piece of it all. Right. There might've been like a handful of basketballs that he had signed. Right. That was right. like a, a sign. No, of think, like- no, 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 no. So now, see, now that I'm talking it out, cause we didn't really, you know, we didn't really talk this out prior. Like we, <laughs> we, how we never talk out. Our stuff. <laughs> our <episode. laughs> um, so now that, you know, it's all coming, it's a little bit's coming back where, I think I just get an introduction as like the, the heat program manager. I actually got a shout out too. <clears throat> Whatever. I, yeah, I, I don't, don't, from, definitely uh, don't remember, the, definitely the don't remember that, but. But so that's I, where, the, where the grudge starts. You and you I want, both get the shout out to, that we're helping hey, young people. Do you want me to tell it? Do you want me to share it? What I, what I remember? 
All right, go. Come on. <laughs> so I get caught, you know, a brief introduction. Thank me. You may have been named to a shout out. I get up there and I'm presented with the autograph Chris Heron basketball. Correct? Yes. You get called up yeah. to stage and like, and it was, again, for me, a big deal. Like, oh, Adam, why don't you come on up and accept this, you know, basketball for, for doing this great job, you know, with young people and, and access to treatment and recovery, all this kind of stuff. I'm like, hold, what the fuck? I'm like, you shouted both of us out. I kind of helped, even though I was running a different program. I mean, yeah, I saw yeah. some young people too. I helped, you know, that person. You Not know, on the same level as I helped, but yeah, you, sure, you helped. You shout me on the conference. You call Adam up and present him with a Chris Heron signed basketball, which for After, us, right, which is, which is the equivalent of think of something. The Larry equivalent. Bird. No, Larry Bird. Right. That's a good one. So after the, so the conference is, yeah, the conference is over and everyone, people are waiting and milling around in like the lobby area from what I can remember. Yes. And we, we are, we are there milling around too. Oh. Obviously we're milling Gravitating towards around. The sun. We're, we're, we're I, I remember like being side by side with you yep. just like, Taking little baby steps, you know, the mosquitoes over. being attracted to a citronella so, candle. I don't know what the fuck. Before you know it, we're we're next to the big guy. We're next to Chris, right? Yeah. I get a, I get a hug. This he embraces me with this, this bear hug. Felt like it was it was very good hug, right? I'm, very I'm jealous all over again because I definitely didn't get a hug. I would remember the hug. I didn't get a hug. Yeah, I got I got this great hug. Now, I probably part of the reason I got this great hug was because I, you know, I was just up there, and he record, you know, he knew me. Now at this point, right? You have personal so, connection, right? Right, scumbag. <laughs> so we go back. So I think that's the end of that part, like being at the conference. So I will just say I I was able to go next to him. Uh, I just hand someone my phone, and I and I still have the picture that I recirculate through. Uh, Facebook memories. Okay. So we go back to my where I'm living yeah. afterwards, right? Yes. In Wakefield. That's where I was. Yeah. And we go back to my, my house. And we are just like where we're just enthralled by by what by Not our cloud nine. Right? Cloud yeah. nine. We're euphoric. We're just over the top with delight. With the this experience. guy that we just saw on TV <laughs> talking about the stuff, we got to be in his like physical presence. Like all my, all you know, what came jarring back to me was all my, you know, my seventh grade memories of hearing about him, right? Mm. And open up, opening up that Boston Globe and seeing him as oh, he's going to play in the McDonald's All American. I can't wait to watch that. And then following his career. And his addiction, right? Yeah. And now, we, here's this day where we're right there next to the guy. I'm receiving a signed basketball by him. I'm <sighs> next. He's hugging me. Borderline kisses me on the cheek. <laughs> um, it was yeah. close. It was close. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, again, like. For what we were doing, especially then, and especially even now, like to have a figure like that, 
to be in the physical presence. And, you know, for you, again, I'm not going to put words. I'm, again, still very jealous, still reeling over here. Um, nope. Getting that signed basketball, like, again, from the guy that you're seeing on TV, who's this local guy, again, Boston Celtic, talking about addiction recovery, all this kind of stuff, and you're, like, inches away. It's it's pretty yeah. great. Pretty amazing. Yeah. So yeah. what year? What what year are we going to call that? We're going to call it 07, 08? No, it was later than that, man. I mean, we're going to call it. I was only in Danvers for like less than three years. What I year? Left... Give me a year. Twenty ten. Okay, so eleven. So for twenty, I ran the Boston Marathon twenty twelve, and I was still working there. And you so had for, left. So I'm, I'm going to say actually 2010 because I left in 2010. So 20, there we go. 20, 2010. All right. So 23 years later. No. You're 20 left. years later, Barbara. Years. I'm it's talking about the year that we're in now. 22, 2022, right? 23. I know, but what I'm going to set up right here, right? Uh-huh. So. 20 years later, or you guys do the math back at home. I don't know. <laughs> but about 20 years later, you know, Bob Rose is holding on to this grudge. I hear about it at least five times a year. I'm hearing about this. Wow. Okay. About well, five times a year. We relive that day that I got the ball and he didn't. And now he's at. He not, was, not only did you get the ball, at, I didn't get the ball. Like, I would have been super happy for you if you got the ball and I got a ball. You yeah. got the ball. You, right. got, you got the recognition. I got the recognition. You got the ball. I didn't get the ball. I got, I the, recognition. The, ball. I got the recognition and I got the ball and I got the hug. Like, and I, I got didn't the, want to get the ball. I, got the borderline on the I cheek. wanted you to get the so, ball, but I want to get the ball. Whatever. So I'm trying to set a stage here, okay? So just trying to set a scene. 20 years, he's every at least five times a year, we're reliving that day, however we remember it, right? However, Bob Rose remembers it, how I remember it, this kind of a thing, you know, we go back and forth for years. So now he's working within the past years, he's working at a university. You're missing some pieces here. No, no. Why how someone, a a certain someone throws out the basketball? No, 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 no. The basketball is long gone. Just want to throw that out there. But go ahead. <laughs> spoiler, spoiler alert. Adam does not have Prasaran signed basketball anymore. I didn't have it anymore. It wasn't my choice at all. <laughs> it's a little thing called addiction. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, no. I, yeah. That's good that you did that because I didn't want to take accountability for that. So thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um. No, one of the things that you're missing, yes, I held on to that image of assigned Chris Heron basketball is on multiple things, right? Boston kid, I'm a, I'm a mass kid, love the Celtics, whatever. Like, you play for the Celtics, you're, you're always good in my book. His, right. obviously, connection is that the whole addiction, recovery, all that kind of stuff, public speaking, all the things that, you know, in the field, especially in management, you're, like, forced to do. So, like, yeah he's the cream of the crop in in that world for me and i think for us that's why we hold him so high is that with all the pre stuff that he you know is a part of the story but then all the other stuff after a story with you know the public speaking and large groups and espn and 
in the 30, like, wow. Like, wow. And again, I mean, I'm sure there's a million public speakers out there with their story, but like, I, and I've heard a bunch of them, you know, Chris Heron is really, really good at, you know, what he does exceptionally well. So right. in my mind, and I think this is what you were setting the stage for is if I ever had the opportunity, I wanted to, you know, have Chris Heron as a, as a guest speaker in whatever <laughs> platform I was kind of working in. And so with the ultimate goal of being able to get assigned basketball, <laughs> so I you mean, could, you could say that you have one too. Honestly, right. I, I would have been okay with a signed napkin. <laughs> I would have framed that shit. It would have been hanging on the wall as we speak today. Like uh, the, the yeah. basketball obviously makes the connection in terms of, you know, his history and everything like that. But um, yeah, like I always held on to like, because he's just so good at what he does and, and he's so kind of capturing, you know, that way. Um, and yes, like, I don't work there anymore, um, but for the last like six years, I was at a you know public university in New Jersey, and um, you know there's, there's a big movement on college recovery, and so I was you know spearheading my campus's collegiate recovery, like programming, services, community, and all that kind of stuff. And so, because of that, I became or I kind of made it happen. Uh, registered um, collegiate recovery campus, you know, through this national organization called ARHE, which stands for Association of Recovery and Higher Education. And so with that, you know, this group puts on annual conferences. And I went to the first one, like, again, five years ago, five, six years ago, and it was in D.C., um, I thought I saw him there. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that I didn't see him there. I actually saw the, um, uh, what's that other documentary? It's really good. About that that kid from Connecticut. Um, ordinary people, un- unaddicted, something. Yeah, I, I know. I, I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. I think it, it was it was him, like him and his like the producer, director, whatever. They did a talk, and so I actually so I don't think it was Chris, but a few yeah. years after that, ARHE was in Boston, uh, at at BU's campus. So like you know you know during the summertime or whatever, and so that was actually the first year I got to bring some college recovery students to Boston. I think it was like three or four of them. And then me and my team, which was myself and, and two uh, substance use clinicians. So it was like a total of like five or six of us, you know, in Boston on the Cambridge side of it, right across the river. Um, and again, I, I, I didn't know this because the itinerary uh, was up. Chris Heron was giving a talk after mm. one day of, you know, the conference in the conference, was like, you know, three, three or four days long or whatever. So I told everybody, I'm like, we're absolutely seeing, you know, this guy. And so yeah. his routine is the same thing. They play a video of yeah. some of the, you know, some of the 30 for 30 stuff. Yeah. He, gets, he comes out. It was like a smaller auditorium jam packed. Mm. Of course <laughs> I was mm. like two or three rows uh, from the stage and where he was. Yeah. I mean, just that same aura, mm. like nothing had changed. What mm. in that, 20 years 
rough 20 year span. Like it was, it <laughs> yeah. was honestly, it was more dynamic. I was yeah. just like, how does he get better? Like, it, like if he maintained the status quo, I would have been enthralled, but like it just right. got better the way that, it, you know, he told the story and everything. And it was, I, I, I in hindsight now, uh, mm-hmm. once it was over, everyone kind of filtered out to, you know, where the, um, the tables were for the treatment programs and all that kind of stuff. And he was out there kind of taking pictures. And I, I think I was too nervous or, or, or whatever. And no one else wanted to do it. So like, I just remember taking pictures of him taking pictures of with other people. Mm. Um, and so that was, that was my, and that's when the ball started to turn is that if I ever had the opportunity to get him to that campus to speak, he was going to be the guest speaker that I yeah. would get. Like above yeah. anybody and anything else, like he would, he would be the person. Yeah, yeah. So you get that opportunity. So luck had, you know, has it, and, uh, and not just luck, but the state of New Jersey puts out a college recovery grant, um, and you know, servicing you know college recovery students, you know, uh, uh, increasing services, notori- you know, publicity, and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things that I obviously put in there is guests, you know, speaker. Right. I write it out. It gets approved by the state. And I'm yeah. like, we're doing it. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting Chris. So I, I reach out to, to his people. I get in contact, you know, th- the whole money part of it obviously, you know, happens. Um, yeah. And I set this uh, whole stage up and this was actually not too long ago. <laughs> <laughs> probably like this year, I think 2020 yeah. it was like February or March. Yeah. Uh, I remember you ta- talking about it. I remember having a, a conversation with you about how it went pretty yeah, recently. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it, it was, was around February, March. Thursday. Right. It was the first yeah. Thursday in March. I know. Now I know. Um, had it all scheduled. Um, I mean, we're talking just a few months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I set it up for like a, a like a big sober event. I had a uh, hired a DJ to come, kind of like you know, um, you know, you know, play music. You know, get get the kind of you know crowd amped up. I had flyers all across campus. You know, reach out to all of, you know key stakeholders. You know, promoting it like, hey, come. You know, we had free food for you know students, anyone who kind of attended. And one of the kind of things was that you know, I had for the audience, I had like some swag bags of, of my college recovery program. So like, you know, t-shirts and yeah. water bottles and all that kind of stuff. So what's your first the- interaction with, with Chris or his people or his handlers? What's your, what's your interaction? Like the first contact, like, um, it's actually really, really like, I want to say like unofficial, like it wasn't. Did you talk to Chris or one of his peeps? The peeps is, I, I believe he's a PR person. Okay. You know the person who specifically deals with all like the heron talks part of his his entity, which is a public speaking part of it. And so there was a lot of like you know contracts that had to get signed. There was parameters that they require to get him on campus and whatever. And so one of the questions I, I had asked, you know, in an email exchange was, "Would Chris can, be get, can you get will Chris sign a basketball for me?" Was that the no, question? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just I didn't say that I was a lot more clever. You fucking, you fucking email them that when you're trying to. Get them. I was a lot more clever than that. that would be I hilarious. Said, would Chris be willing to sign basketballs that I'm will I'm hoping to raffle oh off? God. 
to. I was close. Uh, I was close. Yeah, I didn't yeah, realize that. She was like, "Yeah, sure, you know, no problem." I was like, "Oh my I, god!" This I was joking. Just... I was on point. Oh, just about. That is awesome. It, it's happening. <laughs> okay. So, uh, the program started. I think like fairly like not like late, late, like maybe like 6 p.m. or something like that. Or oh, like talk about your first interaction. So he pulls up in a car. What's the what's that look like, right? Yeah, oh. so, um, so obviously him being a basketball player, I, I worked it out with, you know, the people who were facilitating like the gymnasium, like the basketball courts on campus. Good call. Uh, Good. I like tried to kind of like put it all together. And even the flyers were like, you know, NBA player, you know, former NBA player, blah, blah, blah. Like had him in like his, you know, Celtics jersey, whatever. Just kind of, get, you know, get it up and running. And hopefully, you know, the students, right, get them excited about like, wow, there's a former NBA player coming to our campus and speaking to us. Um, so, yeah, like I had set it up with the facility people at the gym. Like, hey can we reserve a spot right by the gym? Because it's a small parking lot, only like staff, like you can swipe in or whatever. So like, yeah, we can make it work. Like we'll put out a cone to where, you know, an empty spot and we'll keep it like that un- until Christmas time of year arrived. Do they have and Christmas so, name on it? Like in, in, sh- in a Sharpie? No, no, no. That was just, yeah. Chris, this um, is you. <laughs> so, so I get a call and I knew like, you know, again, like very meticulous to almost like, you know, to the, to the minute, you know, I get a call like, oh, you know, we're 30 minutes out, you know, we're coming. Uh, we're really excited to blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. So, you know, my team is there, you know, we have some, you know, college recovery students who are supporting, you know, the whole thing. Um, you know, you know, I'm wearing my kind of college recovery t-shirt that we've designed, you know, just kind of really put out there. I actually, a, a little thing, him and his, uh, I think PR person, I, for, I forget her name. Um, actually gave them um two swag bags so like of like the college recovery like program and like the you know um all that kind of stuff just kind of butter them up a little bit um but anyways i'm telling my team okay it's time he's coming whatever yeah Um, um, i of course like go outside of the gym just kind of like watching um you know pull up in a in a a rental kind of i show them kind of you know where he is so i'm saying practically like in front of the car as they're parking. So he's the passenger. His, his person is, is the one who's driving. Uh, he's, in the passenger seat or like he's in the passenger seat. Passenger. Yeah. Okay. Passenger. So he comes out. And again, I'm very Does sure. someone open the door for him or does he do it himself? No, I mean, come on, come on. Don't, don't, you don't have to, <laughs> yeah. you don't, have to don't go crazy. Yeah. Um, so he comes out of the car, you know, dressed in like, you know, jeans. Because I would stuff. definitely, I would definitely have someone open the door for me if I was him. God. <laughs> and that's why you're you. I'm dog and, <laughs> and you're not Chris Aaron. Uh, <laughs> so he comes out, you know, jeans, really casual. He has this like, you know, cool looking like, you know, blue jacket with a t-shirt underneath. And without me saying anything, I'm in, I'm this, I'm in shock. Like this is my role model for a lot of different things like inches away from me and i'm just like i'm i'm literally starstruck starstruck right now during this time at any point did you think of me no don't be so selfish what's wrong with you all right okay just wondering 
Um, so he gets out of the car. Again, I'm starstruck. I, I think my mouth is open. Like, I don't know anything. I think highs are exchanged. I don't know. And he just hug mode. Big embrace. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> he, <laughs> like, I didn't invite it. He, he wanted it. Yeah. Yeah. And it just all like came home and like, you know, I introduced, you know, to his like PR person. Yeah. All kind of stuff. Um, So we're outside kind of uh, talking a little bit and I was just like, you know, he like, you know, thank him for the opportunity. And I was like, no, this is great. You know, I I really wanted this for a long time, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, and I said to him, I go, Chris, (laughs) you don't remember me, but I sure remember you. I go, do you remember in Boston, uh, the heat conference that happened, like, again, like 15, 20 years ago at that point? No one knows the dates. No one knows the dates. You're you're all making up updates over here. Yeah. So it was interesting because as I, like, walked him and, like, his team member in, and, like, his staging area was, like, you know, like a the guest team's like bathroom just so he can like just be away from people and all that and was, it at, was it at that point that he remembered um he said i he rem- i remember a five six bald guy named adam that i gave a big hug to that's what he this, remembered th- this is where your conceitedness and ego are coming into play uh, there was no conversations of adam all right okay. there was just <laughs> me reminding him of that and you know what's wild he's just like and he w- turned to his um his person there and was just like oh he's like what was that person's name the guy the italian guy i was like yes that's him yeah i, go, I was at that conference i go that was the first time i heard you speak and i even told him i'm like i you know i heard you speak in boston at the arg he's like, yeah 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 i remember that too and i was just like you know this is an honor for me and i mean really down to earth super cool to talk with super yeah. chill about just like who he is and like what he does and all that kind of stuff. And so like, I was just like, you know, loving that space. And so I had like, I went out and got the basketballs uh, and like another, you know, college recovery student, you know, was with me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so like he yeah. wanted some fresh air, you know, which was really endearing for me to like see him. Like he was actually nervous. Like, like there was something like anxiety over like public speaking and thinking that like this guy does this for a living, like nationwide and still nervous about it. I, I remember um, I, I remember something like when we spoke in March about it, like after after it happened, you called me. I forget if it was the day after or whatnot. But you were telling me how particular he was with the setup or something, something to that effect. Well, you know the public speaking part of his persona is, is so valuable that like he's, he's got down to a science. So like something simply like you wouldn't think of was that he requires two microphones, two wireless microphones, because like he walks around, he walks closer to the audience, he walks further, like he's really engaging that way. And so in understanding like microphones sometimes go bad. And in, in, in my showcase of him, it actually did. The battery died on the first microphone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like he just went on and he was just talking, you know, to the audience. And then we quickly gave him, you know, the second mic. And, you know, you know, that was that. And like he mm-hmm. wants that like in, that five minute intro video to be played just to kind of get the audience oriented to who he is. And then he kind of comes out and grabs the mic and kind of like goes right onto his story. Um, but yeah, going back to the basketballs, like, you know, he was outside pacing a little bit, kind of collecting himself, you know, whatnot. Um, 
And I was like, oh, do you, do you mind signing the basketball? So, so like he's outside, like on like the like AC condenser by the gym, like mm-hmm. signing basketballs. I was like, oh, thank you so much, whatever. And so yeah. there was five basketballs. I mm. auctioned four of them. I took the one. <laughs> yeah. I ran into the office of where my stuff was, and I jammed and I jammed it into um, a book bag <laughs> so it won't get touched. Like no one will see it. You locked the door, and that's that. Oh my god. So I that finally got my. I think I told you. I, I go. I finally got my Chris Aaron uh, yeah. basketball. Oh okay. yeah, you told me. You told me. You but told the, me. All right. I, I would say that. <laughs> You know, again, very, very engaging. Every time I hear a story, I hear it differently and with like a, a new spin on it. Again, nothing like embellishing wise, but like a, a, a like a newer version of the story. Um, yeah. Just you know, really like heartbreaking and also like sweet. Yeah. Um, but he was only slated to talk for an hour. He actually went up over that hour. Wow. Um, and then you know, um, you know, super appreciative. He did some raffling. Uh, put some numbers out for the basketballs, especially. Then he had to kind of yeah, get yeah. going to get a uh, flight back. Um, yeah. But at that point, he hugged me again. I got two Chris Heron hugs in a matter of like yeah. a three hour span. You outdid me with the hugs. I, I only got the one hug, I believe, right? Yeah. 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 And, and, I, and I, told, I told told people there was a, I think I told you the story. Uh, someone that I went to high school with heard him speak in, uh, I think in, in mass somewhere, maybe like a month or two ago or whatever. And again, same thing, like, t- like hugging Chris, taking pictures with Chris. And my comment yeah. in the picture was like, isn't he an amazing hugger? Like, yeah, he's a yeah. fantastic hugger. Yeah, yeah, um, he really is. He really is. Yeah. I, remember, I remember the hug like it was yesterday. <laughs> um, so that that's my version of, of my experience with Chris. And this is yeah. how impactful people can be in our in our lives. And there you uh, go. Twenty years later, or whatever the numbers might be, <laughs> twenty years later, Barbaros Dindler gets his his signed Chris Heron basketball. Finally, I get Chris Heron where I worked, and there is no longer season. and there is no longer a grudge about it between yeah. us. No, yeah. we we are even, Stephen, as they say. Yes, yes. Uh, um, and, this uh, was fun. I, this was a lot of fun. This episode. This, I have the basketball. Yeah. Like on a shelf and yeah. even even my son who's five almost six goes what, what why is there a marking on that basketball i'm like son <laughs> if you touch that basketball if there's any markings on that basketball i'm gonna be so upset he goes no no no. who signed it i'm like a, a very good basketball player and he was just like oh oh okay because it's still in the case it's still in like you know the basketball, you know, whatever, and you know his yeah. signature is is beautifully on there. So, Chris, if you are listening, if you remotely tune into a single second of this, I have your basketball. It is here. I cherish it. I honor it. It's My there. God. I tell everyone that I know about how, when, where, what. Uh, so, this episode is all about you and for you, and <laughs> yeah, cherish you. Yeah. This, this was such a fun episode to do like an episode where I don't have to share much about myself and just have a good time telling a story and talking about one of my favorite people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And I, I don't know him beyond these like yeah. handful of, ex, you know, exchanges, but I agree yeah. with you. Excellent, excellent human being. Yeah. And, you know, we should all be lucky uh, to have someone like, you know, get a chance to experience someone like this, you know, in, in your life and, you know, cherish it, honor it, hold on to it. Cause 
again, for both you and I, you know, years in between interactions and uh, conversations, like it's still meaningful. It's still very powerful. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, for the folks, you know, listening, uh, follow Chris's Instagram handles. Again, there's three of them. I'm, I know I'm skipping one, but there's Heron, H-E-R-R-E-N, wellness. There's Heron Talks. And there's Heron Project, I think it is. Yes, I think it's Heron Project. He well, when he comes on, when he comes on, he'll be able to to say it the right way. All of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, we'll let him promote his own stuff. <laughs> Kidding me? Oh man. Uh, so yeah, so um, you know this this again for for us, you know, being in in the field, working in the field for Adam, you know, in your early recovery status and. For me, you know, being 21 years, you know, in the addiction field as a treatment provider, you know, as a clinician. Um, yeah, I mean, if I can have an ounce of the impact that Chris does on people, um, I think I've succeeded. Uh, I'm really, really OK with that. You're doing pretty good. If I do have to, if I do say so myself, Bob Thank you, friend. Thank you. Very kind. Yeah. So uh, let's, if we had like drum roll or some type of audio, <laughs> we'd, we'd go into, we'd do, we'd do the, the audio effects now and we would go into what we call the famous five controversies. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Look, it's funny. Right. The, the, uh, the transition music should just be called that <laughs> audio <laughs> effects. <laughs> This is the audio effect. And now the next segment. <laughs> All right. So five controversies. Throw out two things. Adam and I fight about it. Uh, and then, you know, we end this. So please, you know, people who are listening in your car, at home, whatever, play along. You know, fight with, your, you know, whoever's around. Uh, it makes for, for good conversation, at least. Uh, you know where kind of people stand on, on the fence, right? You know, Adam tends to definitely uh, ride the fence a lot more than me, but uh, it is what it is. Interesting one. The first one on tonight's list is sports related. How about how about them apples? How about them apples? Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the ESPN shows two different kinds. They get played back to back. But do you prefer Arden mm. the interruption? Or around the horn. I like around the horn. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm, like uh, yeah. Okay. No, because no, they're hitting on everything pretty quickly, right? Mm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually right there with you around the horn. Uh, I like like the different perspectives because they have different uh, columnists, like sports uh, columnists on there, like talking about, you know, the latest, you know, sports news. And they cover, uh, you know, most, you know, sports conversations kind of out there. I do like PTI, um, you, know, you know, the, the two co-hosts, I think, are awesome together and, and their connections with each other and how they kind of go back and forth and, Obviously, you know, sports is a big part of, you know, those conversations. But uh, 
if again if i had both of them i i actually my perfect day and just yeah. a little glimpse into like how weird my brain is and how comforting certain things are my perfect day is i watch around the horn i watch mm-hmm. pti and i watch the 6 p.m espn yeah uh, from six to seven and then go about life you know that way but nice it's a perfect day now real quickly i know we're on a certain segment but i just want to say have you heard damian lillard say that he will go months if he to hold off for a contract with the heat he, he will go months for a trade to happen did he say that or did someone say that for him i'm sure he's, he's, he's not really talking about it but i yeah. I read it quickly. It could have been him. I don't know. Yeah, probably not. But he's willing to hold off as long as it'll take for, for it yeah. to happen. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So uh, next one, and this is really true for the New Englanders, uh, each one of us, and also for you and I. Are you a Martha's kind of guy or a Nantucket kind of guy? I'm Martha's Vineyard only because, well, it's obvious why, because I've only been to the vineyard and I've never been to Nantucket. <laughs> I've been to it several times and I've never, I've never been, I've never been lucky enough to get to Nantucket. Maybe someday I will be. No. Um, again, we agree. Two for two for tonight. Uh, I've only been to Martha's. I've only been to Martha's once. Uh, never been to Nantucket. Uh, I've heard other people talk about Nantucket in comparison to Martha's. I think Martha's a little bit more bigger, more kind of touristy than I think Nantucket, less popular. Um, but, Nantucket, yeah, I mean, seems like, Nantucket seems more of a hideaway than the vineyard from what I hear. I don't know. Sure. Don't know. Uh, but yeah, I think like, you know, for, like, for, be, like, like Belichick goes to Nantucket. <laughs> Seriously, but so, Brady, Tom Brady goes so in to my Martha's. mind. So if my in my mind, if like that type of level of people are going to Nantucket over the vineyard, oh, it's more of a hideaway in Nantucket. That's what I think. Yeah. Okay. Who the fuck? All right, no one gives a shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> next one: Are you a couch kind of guy or a recliner? recliner all the way mm. yeah and i like how it needs to go all the way back yeah 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 we're three for three tonight i'm a recliner like i love the couch laying down kind of like flat or whatever like you know watching tv watching sports for sure but yeah. i the recliner that i'm use it's solely mine i will kick out even Right, so my, my children or adult, uh, my parents, whoever's sitting on it, that's my recliner. Right, so there you go. With the recliner, for us, a lot of us guys, it it symbolizes like I'm the man, you know, like ego a little bit, right? Like it symbolizes some type of manhood. The recliner for us, right? And it's it's cool that we're three for three you know we we're agreeing we've agreed on the past three of them there might be some type of synchronicity in the air being that our chris heron stuff has been healed our grudge has been healed so now we just agree with everything we're just on board with, mm-hmm. with maybe think, something 
something's going on, right? That's a nice take for sure. Synchronicity. Yeah, yep. there's, some, there's, there's something there for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, uh, the recliner that I use is actually what my wife bought when she was pregnant with our first, you know, mm -hmm. as a thing to like, like it rocks also. So it's like yeah. a, a rocking chair. You can recline again, if you're feeding, if you're in there, you know, whatever. And yeah. um, it was really solid recliner. So I'm just like, I'm taking that thing, you know, once, you know, you know, we don't need it, you know, for kids up anymore. And yeah, I, I have a little caddy on the side of it. I can put the remotes on there. I can hang drinks on, on, on one side of it, put my phone. If I'm, if I'm watching like that, I go downstairs, put football especially on and I'm on that, yeah. I'm on that recliner. I mean, for hours on end, I absolutely love it. Love the yeah. recliner biz. If you don't have one guy or girl, whatever, get yourself a recliner, recline that shit and get into whatever you get into. And uh, <laughs> you'll know exactly yeah. what we're talking about. <laughs> All right. All right. Next, next one. Uh, I, I think we're going to look with this four? one. Too. Or uh, this is five. No, four. This is four. Yeah, four. Um, dogs versus cats. Oh, my God. Please. Um, are you freaking kidding me right now? I have, like, we don't have time for this, for my stories. We definitely do not because they're they're quite long, <laughs> as most of them are. <laughs> but so I'm not I'm I've for the longest time I haven't really been a dog person, right? I know there's a Friends episode about it. You know, admitting that in public, you know, is very, you know, a lot of people don't really like to hear that. You know, some if someone hears that you're not a dog person, they think negative stuff about you which isn't the case right i've turned into a dog person mm -hmm. you converted never... hmm? you converted i've converted to being a dog person i've had cats in the past we um at one point saved a little white feral cat um and we had a cat a siamese cat named sammy and they caused havoc in the home. I, I mean, cats are supposed to be cats are supposed to be easy to like self sufficient, right? But these cats were not self sufficient at all. I mean, three a.m. scratching at the bedroom door, wanting to be fed. We, I'd leave the home and come back from home from work, and the cabinet doors, the cabinets would the cabinets would all be open, and bread human food would be torn into by the cats that it, it is the most unlike slow down, slow down you're traumatizing yourself and the audience you can tell huh because my really intense. Right you're here. really intense you're laser focused it was a simple dogs versus dad cats question <laughs> listen they're really it's really tough story here and <clears throat> We gave. We ended up having to give Sammy. Right. The oh, no, you're not still talking about the cat story. We, we listen. Got we it. had to give. Listen, we had to. We ended up giving them away, <laughs> and we that we start. We start getting these phone calls from like strange number. We don't, we're not picking it up. We're not picking it up. Finally, we pick up the call, and it's this elderly, <laughs> this elderly woman, and she starts telling us how. I have, I'm not supposed to be calling you because I'm not supposed to have your information from the shelter, 
but I have Sammy here and I want you to know that you must have been the best cat owners because all he does all day is look out my bay window at the water here in Gloucester. <laughs> I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? He was the worst cat ever <laughs> known to man. And then he go and then he goes to Gloucester. He's bay window just looking at the, the waves and he's the perfect fucking cat come on lady come on yeah, there you go there you go you should have at a house by the water maybe the cats would have <laughs> co- complied with your demands anyways so now you're a dog guy fucking long story roundabout jeez i hope the audience has a glimpse into our relationship Adam talks for 45 minutes. I talk for five minutes. That is our conversations outside of the podcast. <laughs> he just right. derails it all the time. I'm I'm going to go quick. I'm a yeah. dog guy, and I've always been a dog guy. We never had pets growing up inside the house, so never grew up with cats or dogs. My good friend had both of them. And so anytime I would go, go over – even though I was not comfortable around either one, I was more comfortable with dogs with teeth and even barking at me than I was with the cats inside the house because of their like leaping ability. It'd be not there and then fucking leap on the couch, like behind my neck. I'm like, where the hell this thing come from? Mm. So not a fan of cats. Sorry for the audience who are cat lovers. I apologize. Please continue to listen to us, but and I, I also have more cat stories, too. We're not going there. We're not having a, a cat episode. Adam cat story episode. Not going to happen. Not on my watch. Uh, so dogs. So I. So we're four for four. Yep. Four Synchronicity. Four. Synchronicity. The last one, I, I think, is a, is, is a Homer question. I had, to, I had to put it in there because I think it's obvious. But here it is. Duncan versus Starbucks. <clears throat> Without even thinking twice, Starbucks. The coffee is much better. That it's stronger, tastes better. It's not watered down like Dunks. Plus, you get good customer service at Starbucks. Starbucks. They're always, <laughs> they're always smiling. They're always, you know, they're always enthused about making your coffee, or they're acting enthused at Dunkin' Donuts. Most a lot of the time, it's terrible customer service. I mean, so bad that my example of Dunkin' Donut service goes like this: me giving the order, and them walking, them walking away, making your order as you're telling them what it is, and then halfway through, they look at you and they say, "Was that two sugars, lady?" If you just stood in front of me <laughs> for the one minute while I just stood there and looked at me and heard my order, you would not be turning around halfway through making the order, asking me what the fuck I asked for in there. Okay? <laughs> just stay with me. Starbucks looks at me. They're standing there. Their full, full undivided attention is on the customer. They take in the order, and then they go make it. It's more efficient that way. Mm. Now, now I know where we come from. Duncan's is is big. You Started know? in Massachusetts, right, right, right. Yeah. So, so you you went anti Homer, like you you know you could have gone the you know the Homer chain, Duncan, and you went with the conglomerate uh, Starbucks. 
Yeah. For obvious reasons. I'm, I'm not going to take that away from you. Um, but I, I'm going to age both of ourselves. And I think both you and I remember Duncan like 30 years ago. I, I would say like 35 years ago when we were young kids and like your parents would go to Duncan and you get a Duncan, do- an actual donut. Yeah. That thing was a donut. What they sell yeah. nowadays is trash. Yeah. It is trash. And anyone who's listening who knows me personally, if you ever come to my house and you bring Dunkin' Donuts, just know I will eat it, but I would be <laughs> grudgingly eating it when you could have gone to like the market and got one of their donuts, which would taste a million times better than Dunkin' Donuts. So aesthetically, Starbucks. Locally, yep. Dunkin'. I don't drink coffee. I drink black tea. So black tea in either place is the same for me. There's no real difference. But I'm I'm gonna go Homer. I'm I'm gonna go Dunkin'. Hmm. All right. So All four right. five tonight. All right. I mean, there's a lot of hailing that's taking place between us tonight. <laughs> and four out of five on the controversies, like you know, agreeing four out of five. Is not too shabby. Not bad. Not bad. So I think we're I think we're on the you know right path. Yeah. So um so that's the episode, episode number sixteen, as Adam apparently counts all the episodes that we've done. Uh thank you all for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Please reach out to us in any way. We wanna be helpful, we wanna be approachable, we wanna um just be we want to what we, we want to just be present in, in in people's lives so please listen follow us uh on spotify podcast uh li- you know listen to us on apple podcast amazon music podcast the addict and the counselor we do this uh, you know once a week I- ideally um so yeah uh yeah we're here for you hope you enjoyed the episode chris heron if you are listening you will blow our minds if you can make uh, a 30 second guest appearance 30 seconds that's all we're asking from you chris 30 seconds and if you have time in that 30 seconds to mention our names (laughs) and maybe do (laughs) a controversy and i maybe and i do want to point out now the controversies take forever look at us can i point out that this was probably this may be our longest episode and it's the chris Harden episode how funny is that? How funny yeah. is that? I mean, I, I think that was a I think that was a given. You know, the subject matter we're yeah. uh, we're, we're we're highly passionate about <laughs> uh, Chris Aaron <laughs> and, and what he does and uh, and how he's impacted us. Yeah. So, all right, folks, this is the episode. Thank you all very much. Uh, please tune in uh, to this episode. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family, and look out for our episode next week. All right, I'll talk to you. All right. Keep it real. Later, player. Bye. Bye.